Thanks for tuning in to High Point Assembly's podcast, where you're going to hear a life-giving message that we hope will encourage you no matter where you are in your walk with Christ. Check out our website at highpointassembly.org for more podcasts, information, and how to join us live in person or online every Sunday. We hope this message blesses you wherever you may be listening from. And remember, no matter where you're at, you belong. Well, good morning, High Point. Thank you for joining us for our Sunday morning online service. I pray that you are healthy and you are strong and you are trusting in God for all things. You know, when I was a young boy, we used to sing a song in church called Trust and Obey. And it was a song about how our walk with Jesus required a deepened trust in him, the very one who gave us our salvation. But not only that, how, but also how we must obey God's word in order to not just understand that trust, but also to live by truly trusting in God. Well, speaking of trust, this morning I'm beginning a new series called A Matter of Trust. And I believe that it is a very timely series because in case you haven't noticed, we are living in some very trying and very uncertain times. Last week, we talked about casting our cares upon God and allowing Him to carry the heavy weight of our worries and our fears that so often weigh us down. So I thought about talking about trusting God would be in order considering all of the things that are going on in our world regarding this COVID-19 virus. At this moment, our global economy is in an upheaval. And in the United States of America, the shutdown has broken a healthy and a thriving economy. There's even talk of states in our union that are on the verge of insolvency, and there's ongoing discussions of the legalities of some states filing for bankruptcy. Due to the shutdown of the majority of businesses, our economy is struggling and numerous major retailers have announced they filed for bankruptcy and are not even going to reopen. And unemployment levels are now higher than they've ever been since the Great Depression. Our national debt, which was already out of control, has now been increased by another $3 trillion from relief bills being passed, and they're talking about passing another one. It now exceeds, our national debt now exceeds $20 trillion. And anybody with a brain can rightfully wonder if our future obligations as a nation are sustainable. What I mean is the federal government is continuing to write checks on borrowed money with interest that is accruing every day. And it is a debt that will never be repaid in our lifetime or probably the lifetime of our great-grandchildren. And even though the press has stopped covering just about anything but COVID-19, to say that tensions in the Middle East are, are, are on edge really is an understatement. It's like a powder keg ready to blow at any moment. Iran is so bent on obtaining nuclear capabilities that many experts are saying it's just a matter of time before Israel strikes them militarily with full force. We've also become painfully aware that radical Islamic terrorists want nothing more than to wipe us infidels off the face of the planet, and they are willing to do so in the most horrific ways possible. Tensions with North Korea and China and Russia are on a rise over issues like trade wars and oil production and nuclear proliferation and the, even the origins of the COVID-19 virus. And if all that's not bad enough, 
You can't be distracted from your concerns by a good game of baseball or basketball or football anywhere at all on television. So tell me, have I thoroughly depressed you this morning? I'm really not trying to. I am simply trying to point out to you how important it is to fully trust God now more than any other time in your lifetime. Because the truth of the matter is, regardless of what is happening in this world, we as Christ followers must remember this one thing, and that is God is in control and we must learn to trust him. And I'm not just referring to trusting God regarding world events, wars and, and rumors of wars, national insolvency, and all of those other things. I'm talking about more personal, everyday issues that happen throughout our daily lives. When uh, tr trusting God, when, when things aren't necessarily going the way you desired or the way you had planned. When you or your family or people that, that you love are facing insurmountable circumstances. When, when a major crisis hits and you wonder if you can hold on much longer. Or even maybe when God is leading you to do something that on the surface seems frightening to you or risky to you. This is when we must rely and trust upon God and believe in the scripture that this entire series is based upon that is found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, God, and he will make your path straight. And so today, I, I want to get into this part about not leaning on your own understanding and, and acknowledging and trusting God through it all. Have you ever heard someone mention the term selective hearing? Uh, well, selective hearing is when you hear the things that you want to hear and you allow the not so good things to kind of go in one ear and out the other. Who knows, maybe you've been accused of selective hearing before. An example of this would be saying to, one, to your children, Hey, go clean up your room, and then when you're done, let's go to Baskin-Robbins and get some ice cream. A half hour, 45 minutes goes by, and your children come back to you, and they say, hey, when are we going to Baskin-Robbins? And so you get up, and you take a look at their room, and they've done absolutely nothing. They heard the part about going to Baskin-Robbins, but they chose not to hear the part. They had selective hearing about the statement, clean up your room. We're all guilty of selective hearing, me included. Well, likewise, we are often uh, guilty of doing the same exact thing when it comes to the Scriptures. I call it selective reading. We're selective about what parts of God's Word we choose to embrace and believe in and what parts we want to ignore. Here's some examples. In John 10.10, we embrace the part about, I have come to give you abundant life, but we don't do well with Philippians 3.10 where it talks about the fellowship of His suffering. In Philippians 4.19, we understand and believe that God will supply all of our need, but we don't necessarily embrace Ephesians 4.28, where it talks about working so that we might have something to share with those in need. In 1 John 3.16, we are thankful for the part about Jesus laying down his life for us, but we're not so thrilled with the part that we should lay down our life for our brothers. So our human nature is to be selective about what we hear and selective in believing what we read and ultimately selective in how we react and how we live our lives. And the reason that I bring this up is because uh, as Christians, 
we regularly engage in another, another version of this piecemeal approach to God. I call it selective trust. Trusting God in some things, but being able to fully trust God in other areas. We believe that God still heals the sick. And with bold faith, we, we pray for healing for other people. But we often doubt whether he can do it for us in our time of need. We believe and trust that God will supply all of our needs. And yet, when we sit down to pay our bills, we can get so overwhelmed with anxiety that the concern for staying afloat until next payday dominates every thought. We believe and trust that God has done a work in our life through salvation and the forgiveness of our sins, and yet we have a difficult time believing that we are capable of forgiving others when they have deeply hurt us. And furthermore, we can't seem to trust that God will be our defender and deal justly with those who do us harm. We trust and we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit giving us strength to live a victorious Christian life, yet we doubt whether the Holy Spirit has the ability to help us overcome our our deepest and darkest strongholds and the besetting sin that, that so many of us struggle with. Here's the deal. This should not be the outlook of a follower of Jesus. So my goal for this series is to get us to fully and not selectively trust God so that all of us will be able to fully live out that scripture found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. The Webster Dictionary defines the word trust as the reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, and surety of a person or a thing. It's a confident expectation of something. And certainly our God has integrity and strength and ability and surety that we can all rely upon. But the breakdown occurs in our inability to maintain a confident expectation. You see, to trust in God is knowing that He not only has the ability to deliver on every promise that's written in His Word, but that you, as a child of God, believe in fact He will deliver. But you know, it goes even further than that. That that in the way that God chooses to answer or to deliver may not at all be the way that you had envisioned, but yet you still trust that God will work it all out for your benefit in the end. It's taking it from a theory that you somewhat understand and that you believe to a total assurance that he truly has your best interest in mind, believing he is working behind the scenes on your behalf for your benefit. And the end result will ultimately bring you exactly what he knows you need. And I have come to learn that one major element that is essential to fully trusting God, that tends to be a difficult thing for many of us to operate in, is this thing called obedience. Trust and obedience. Trust and obey, like that song, that old song says. They go hand in hand. When we bring ourselves to be obedient to God's Word and His direction in our lives, that is where trust in God is fully established. It's imperative that we are obedient to God's Word if we desire His hand to be upon our life. Many people view God as this big vending machine in the sky, always asking for His best when we don't give Him our best in return. It's kind of like a bad marriage. This is not a relationship. What it is, is it's treating God like some genie in a bottle. 
In order to really trust God, I believe you must first fully live for Him. Living in obedience to His Word and measuring yourself in light of His righteousness. And then acknowledging Him in all of your ways, like that scripture said, by professing your relationship with Him to others and living unashamedly for the Lord. And then as the scripture says, watching as He makes your and my path straight. So this morning, I want to get into a few areas that I believe that might help you. I want to present five things to kick off this series that I believe are essential. That think, five things that you need to break through if you ever hope to trust God in literally every area and circumstance of your life. And the first one is this. Trusting in God is believing what you cannot yet see. I don't know if any of you have ever had a house built for you, where you, you, had a, you had a plan, you had architectural renderings and a floor layout of all the elevations and how the house was to look. And through that, you were given a clear image of, of how it was supposed to look. But then you had to trust your home builder to be able to take those plans and to take what was written on paper and to actually construct a beautiful home as depicted in the images that you were given. But you know, real life isn't always like that. We don't always have a picture of, of what is to come. There is always a measure of uncertainty when what we are looking for is not yet visible to us. And clearly, our theme of the Christian walk is found in 2 Corinthians 5-7, where it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, in the life of a Christian, we believe in and worship a God that we have not seen. We believe in eternal life that will be lived in heaven, a place that we have not seen either. So the good news is that we all have a measure of faith and trust that we exercise when it comes to spiritual matters. The bad news, as I said earlier, is that we have selective trust, not being able to trust God in all of the basic everyday issues of our life. And the result is this. We live in uncertainty because things we want to happen perhaps have not happened yet. I mean, we've all prayed prayers that have yet to be answered. And in light of that, if we're not careful, we can get cynical and we can start to live in doubt. And then our little light that we are supposed to let shine starts to grow dimmer. And in addition, there's a part of our human psyche that even rejects the idea of trusting in anyone or anything other than ourselves. So the reality is it can be hard living by what you cannot yet see. And you know, truthfully, my nature is that I want things in order. I like all of my little ducks lined up in a perfect row. I don't generally like surprises. I, I like regularity and uniformity in my life. I don't like not seeing where I'm going. I guess what I'm saying is I like a roadmap. But one thing that I have learned in my walk with Jesus Christ is that I rarely get one. So as we see our governor's stay-at-home orders being gradually lifted and hoping that things are going to get back to some kind of normalcy, you may not have a map of exactly what that's going to look like or what's going to happen. So remember, when you trust God, it's all about trusting Him through the journey. Let me offer a personal example. When God called me into the ministry, you talk about doubts and fears and questions. I had all kinds of them. I didn't just move forward without wrestling with God and asking Him all of those thousands of what-if questions. 
He wanted me to leave a successful business, a small business, go back to college, step completely out of my comfort zone with the promise of, of nothing specific. Oh, he clearly called me. I know that. And if I had not responded, I shudder to think of how it might have turned out. The point is, I was obedient to his call in my life the only way that I could be, through being obedient, through total reliance in him, that God would provide for my family, that, that I would be able to get back into that whole groove of going to school and sitting and listening and doing homework again, that he would provide a place for me to minister that he would use what little about of, amount of ability that I might have, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, use me to forward his kingdom. And God has done all of that, and he's done more. And I, but it still required that I believe in, believed in things that I could not yet see. And you know, as I look back on it all now, I stand amazed at what he accomplished in my life over the last 21 years. I finished Bible college with academic honors. I sold my small business. I, I was hired by Tommy Barnett at Phoenix First Assembly. That was something that was not even on the radar screen of my life. I'm a published author. I have been given the opportunity to speak at men's ministry events all over the country. I've, I've been provided this awesome opportunity to lead this church here, High Point Assembly, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. God has gone above and beyond what I dreamed thus so far in my work in ministry. But it first took me to take that initial step and to trust in him completely. It required me to look past the things that I could not see and to realize that God was in control of the situation and that if he called me, he would not let me down. So step one is trusting God. And when you trust God, it is believing what you cannot yet see. Number two, trusting God is obeying when you don't understand. Have you ever been there? Maybe God is, is, is directing you to take a step of faith in a totally new area. Perhaps he has called you into a new career, a new business venture, maybe into ministry. Maybe he's prodding you to rebuild a relationship that was previously broken through some very hurtful circumstances. Maybe it's financial. Maybe God is calling you to increase your giving. While in your mind and even on paper, it doesn't make sense to you, yet he is still calling you to do so. Perhaps he's calling you to give up something that has been a regular and yet unproductive part of your life, and you say, what's this all about, God? And God says, just trust me. You know, our responses are always based on fear, aren't they? We worry about the fallout of taking the first required steps for what he has called us to do. We ask questions like, what about my family? What about my work? What if I don't have the time? What if I don't have the resources? What if I just am not capable of doing it? Well, when God called Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, Moses didn't understand many things either. He asked, why me, Lord? He said, who am I to lead these people? Who do I tell them sent me? What if the people don't believe me? And then he went on to say, I am of slow speech. How could I possibly express what you need me to express? Please, God, send somebody else. Send anybody else but me. Moses didn't ask for his assignment. And furthermore, he lacked a complete understanding of exactly what God was asking him to do anyway. But yet he was obedient to God's call in his life. And there are people watching today who are at the beginning of something new in your life as well, a new season. 
a new task, a a new relationship, a new calling, a, a new trial, a new venture, a new life in Christ. And you're fearful. But like Moses, you got to begin to fully trust in God, not partially trust in God. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. And God is saying to you, He's saying, Trust me. Don't fear. It may be, seem a little bit daring at times, but you are safe, He says, with me. You may not know all the details, but I do. And if you are obedient, And if you will fully trust in me, you just wait and see what I have in store for you and your family. Always remember, trusting God is obeying even when you don't understand. My third point is trusting God is giving what you don't want to lose. God may be asking you to give up a relationship that you don't want to give up because you think that relationship is beneficial to you. But God sees it as a distraction to where He wants to take you. It's a relationship that is holding you back from fulfilling God's call in your life. He may ask you to give away something that you love. It might be something that you deeply treasure and cherish, but you don't understand. But God does. And the reason he is specifically asking you to give up this thing is because he wants to teach you something about valuing the right things in life. Maybe God is is asking you to give up a habit that you see nothing wrong with. But he sees it as an obstacle to your spiritual growth. And the list can go on and on. And you know, there is one area that as a pastor comes up time and time again, more than anything else, it trips up more Christians than anything else that I've seen before. And it usually brings great fear into their life. And it's trusting God in our finances, in our stewardship. God promises that by being obedient with our tithe and our offering, that he will pour out blessings so large that we can't contain it. But you have to understand, I believe it goes so much further than just that. I believe obedience in the stewardship of our finances helps us to establish trust in God in other areas of our life where we may be lacking that trust. In other words, when we come to the point of of being able to freely trust God with our money, which is huge because it's such a big part of, of our life in the 21st century, and when we see then that His Word is true by doing that, and that He does bring provision, and that He does bless us for our faithfulness, when we experience all that, it allows us to trust God in every other area of our life. You see, it takes time to trust in any relationship. And I believe it's no different than our relationship with God. As we mature in our faith, it becomes easier to trust Him more completely. As we see His promises fulfilled in our life, we become more open to complete trust in Him, and that is where we all need to be. God promised Abraham that He would be the father of a great nation. And in that promise, Abraham and Sarah, two elderly people, would have a son. And even though it took a very long time for that to happen, just as God promised, Isaac was born and was the joy of Abraham's life. Now, when Isaac was about 12 years old, God told Abraham he wanted, to sacrifice, he wanted him to sacrifice Isaac on the altar. Now, it's important to know that God never intended for Abraham to ever do this. God never demanded nor condoned child sacrifice, even though it was a common practice in the pagan world of that day. 
He was simply testing Abraham's trust in him. And Abraham did so completely trust in God that he actually had the knife raised above Isaac. And that's when God called out for him to stop. And as Abraham looked to the side, he saw a ram in the thicket and God provided a substitute. The point here is this. Abraham was willing to give up his most precious gift from God, his very own promised son, because he trusted so completely in our Lord, he was willing to give it all. So let me go back to where I started on this whole point regarding our stewardship and our finances. God is not asking us to sacrifice anything when we give of our finances to his kingdom work. Because as I've always said, we are simply stewards, which means we manage whatever financial blessings that God brings into our lives. And if you don't believe that, just wait until you die. None of it goes with you. It was never yours to begin with. It was always God's. So when we give to him, understand God is asking us to give what already belongs to him. And our giving is is an act of obedience to his word, which again builds our trust in him. And remember, obedience goes hand in hand with trust. Again, here's the point in all of this. If you haven't been able to develop the kind of trust in God that allows you to pay your tithes and your offerings to the Lord over the money that you earn, it might be very well the vehicle that God is going to use to establish within you a complete trust, allowing you to trust Him in every area of your life. So remember, trusting God is often giving up what you don't want to lose. Number four. Trusting God is thanking Him before you receive it. This is an attitude that I believe God wants from us whenever we pray, because it is is claiming victory even before the victory happens. This This is acknowledging an answer to your prayer even before you see the evidence of the answered prayer. It is an exclamation of trust. We do not pray to an unwilling, uncaring or unloving God. We pray to our Heavenly Father who delights in His children of which you are one. So when you not only ask, but thank Him in advance, this bolsters your trust. I think back on Jericho and how God promised that city to the children of Israel. It was a a fortified city. It was impenetrable to anything available to the Israelites. They, They had no missile systems or weapons that could bring those walls down. But God, just as he had done throughout the entire Exodus story from Egypt, gave them a plan that was totally unconventional. He told them to march around the city walls for seven days. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. And then he told them to shout. In fact, Joshua told him, he said, shout for the Lord has given you this city. And when they shouted, the walls came down and they took that city just as was promised by God. And you know, in looking at that story, it wasn't the shout that brought those walls down. It was God who brought those walls down supernaturally because of their shout. It happened once again due to their obedience. It was a shout of victory even before they saw the walls come tumbling down. And it was an expression of trust in God and His promises. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, His prayer was very simple. He started with these words, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus began his prayer by thanking God for hearing and answering his prayer 
before Lazarus even walked out of that tomb. So understand, this is not some theory, but it is a way to pray as demonstrated by Jesus himself. It is an attitude of trust that God wants us to have whenever we approach him about anything, with the confidence that he not only hears, but he in fact will answer. Matthew 21, 22 says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. It is laying claim to his promises in such a way that we can thank him even before we receive. You see, anyone can thank God after the fact. That is called gratitude, and it is an important element of our Christian walk as well. But thanking him in advance is the trust that I'm talking about this morning. So trusting God is thanking him even before you receive. And lastly, number five, trusting God is believing you are deserving of his best. And really, I I think this one is huge. I believe that one of the greatest obstacles to trust is our attitude that we just don't measure up. Unfortunately, many Christians have a severe identity crisis. We don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we deserve God's best. Somehow, we still see ourselves in our, in our old sin nature and not as the new creation that the Bible tells us we have become. And many people feel unworthy of everything that God has promised. And I'm not sure why this happens. I believe much of it is based on a works mentality. We just don't feel like we have earned it. But I want to remind you today that you didn't earn your salvation and you don't earn God's favor. It comes with your decision to follow Jesus Christ. There are blessings and and provision and privileges that come from being a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You don't earn that. Just like your salvation, you couldn't possibly earn it. It is a priceless and a free gift from Almighty God. A God who truly wants to bless you, to provide for you, because He wants to take care of His children. You see, I believe God wants to bless you, period. He wants to direct your paths. He wants to be your source for everything. He wants you to completely trust Him in all areas of life, especially in these days in which we are living. Because it is within that trust where He will show you things that you have never, ever experienced or seen before. It will be through that trust where you will begin to start living life much more confidently and with the assurance that everything will work out, your paths will be made straight. You know, all of us in the modern day church of Jesus Christ have to quit putting limits on God due to our underdeveloped faith and our limited human understanding. We have to quit acting like we couldn't possibly receive God's best because we're undeserving. We've got to begin to see ourselves as God does, as valued, as treasured, a desired child of his great love who deserves the full attention of his father and who benefits from the many vast resources of power and strength and mercies and blessings that can only come from our creator. Psalm 31, 19 says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid upon those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. God has already laid up answers and blessings and and his goodness, and they are waiting for those who dare to trust him completely. But that will never happen until you step out in faith until you are willing to take some risk, until you quit living life in that safe little cocoon that we call the status quo. And it won't happen until you begin to believe that you are deserving of God's very best. 
You know, to me, it's a funny thing that trusting God is like a catch-22 in that you will never know you can trust Him until you try Him and see that He is, in fact, trustworthy. In my personal life, I had hit rock bottom. I don't know if you've ever been there before. I had nowhere to go but up. The enemy had me bound up and defeated. And when I cried out to Jesus, he, uh, He saved me. He completely turned my life around. I love that song, Amazing Grace, and the part that says he saved a wretch like me because that so completely fits the description of who I was. I was a wretch. You see, when you were a mess like I was, and Jesus Christ picks you up and cleans you up and delivers you from stuff that you never thought you could be set free from, trusting in him becomes easy because of the work he has already done in your life as a result of the cross. And yet for some, for some reason, their transformed life, for whatever reason, isn't enough. And if that describes you today, you've got to put yourself in a position to submit to God and to submit to His purposes for your life. You've got to stand upon His Word that never lies, that never contradicts. And at some point, you've got to lay it all on the line before God to allow Him the opportunity to show you that He can be trusted because He can. Listen, I don't know what is going on in your life today. You may be riding a wave of contentment and blessing like you've never experienced before, or you may be in one of the most trying periods of your life. Perhaps during this isolation, you're seeing your finances dwindle. Maybe you've been laid off and you wonder if you're even going to get your job back once this stay-at-home order is lifted. Perhaps your marriage is hanging on by a thread, or your relationship with your family is severely damaged. Maybe God is clearly calling you to do something for His kingdom. Maybe He's asking you to step out of your comfort zone and and to reach way beyond whatever you've attempted to do before. And truthfully, you're scared to death. All of these examples of things that you might be dealing with are difficult, and they're completely foreign to you. You're not sure you can do it. You're not sure how to handle it. Well, it is specifically during these times when real trust in God is developed. As you learn to live your life in obedience to God's Word, you will learn He can be trusted in everything. For every trial, for every need, for every dream, every task, every calling, every decision you have to make. You may not always understand why you are facing the, the, what you are facing. Now, whatever difficulties those might be, but please understand this. If you go through life with no difficulties or challenges, how will trust ever be developed in your life? Reliance on God comes through adversity. It comes through living in, through challenges, and it comes through waiting on God's best for you. You know, as I look back on my own life, And when I think about the tough times that I went through, when I think about the times when I didn't understand or when I wondered if God was even there, those were times when He was working behind the scenes. And as I survey it all now, with a much clearer mind and perspective, I can honestly say that everything that occurred in my life had a blessing attached to it. You can't always see it in the moment, but when you look back after time has passed, you clearly see how God was good to you and how God protected you and how God provided for you, even in what you thought were horrific times. You see, I believe that everything in life happens for a reason. It happens for a purpose. Sometimes it's a learning experience. 
Sometimes it is presented to you so you will grow spiritually. Oftentimes it serves to open your eyes to see past your own selfishness. At times things happen to to break your strong-willed mind and head. Sometimes it happens to simply humble you. But I believe more than ever, it is during these real-life experiences that we must rely upon God because it really is, as this series is titled, A Matter of Trust. I want to end this week by reading, not singing, you'll be glad of that, the lyrics of that old song called Trust and Obey. Listen to these words. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides in us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil He doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we can never prove the delights of His love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor He shows, for the joy He bestows, are from them who will trust and obey. Then, in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet, or will walk by His side in the way. What He says He will do, where He sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That song kind of sums up the connection between obedience and full trust in God and what is promised to those who do. They're inseparable. In the next several weeks, we are going to look at how to trust God through through a variety of circumstances when it seems that God is silent while perhaps you're going through a storm and, and even trusting God for victory in your daily Christian walk. And through it all, I hope it helps to create in you a a greater trust, a greater reliance upon your Heavenly Father, especially through all of the uncertainty that this COVID-19 has brought about. I want you to have this mindset of trust in your personal life and to actually experience what the lyrics of that song say, the favor He shows and the joy He bestows are for those who will trust and obey. And speaking of trust, there may be someone watching this service today, and you've never taken that first step of trust with God. You've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You've never received His free gift of salvation. You've you've heard all this information about trusting in God, and there's a hunger to begin your life trusting in God and to quit trusting in yourself. Because trusting in yourself, quite honestly, like it did me, got me into a lot of trouble because I made a lot of bad choices. And as sin always does, you continue to pay for those poor choices for many, many years after you've made the poor choice. That is until you learn to reconcile everything at the cross of Christ. And as you've listened this morning, something inside of you desires a change. You're tired of living the same old way. Well, the first step in trusting God is is asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. The Bible says that you must believe in your heart and you must confess with your mouth that Jesus came and He died for your sin to bring you eternal life. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. And when I pray, I want you to pray too. Confess Jesus as Lord. 
Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Ask Him to, to become the Savior of your life. The Scripture says that when you do, He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness, and you will become a new creation in Christ Jesus, and His Holy Spirit will now indwell you. And for those of you who already know Jesus, who have already received salvation, I want you to pray that your trust in God will greatly increase. We all need that right now, especially in these uncertain times. A trust that will not be shaken. Because we serve a God, ladies and gentlemen, who cannot be shaken. Ask the Lord to help you to view every situation through His eyes. And not through your physical eyes that always bring fear and, and concern. And learn to believe and trust in God in all things. That He will provide everything that you need through His vast resources. That He will provide you with the strength and the power and, and the mercies and the blessing and the provision that can only come from our Creator. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and thank you for the promises found in your Word. Trust is such an important issue in our life not just on a human realm, but especially between us and you. We must trust you completely. And I first just want to say, Lord, if anyone is watching here today who does not know you, that they would have the courage to pray a prayer of confession, a prayer of belief that you are the Son of God, that they know you are the pathway to heaven and eternity, and that they would receive you as Lord and Savior, ask you to forgive them of their sin, and to create in you a new kind of a life, and to give you a fresh start. We all need fresh starts, Lord, and I pray that they will ask that of you today and that they will start down a new path of serving you and trusting in you. And Father, for those who already serve you and trust in you, we want to have a full trust. As we've talked about, often we live with selective trust. There are just some things we have a hard time believing you can do for whatever reason, or maybe we doubt that you won't do it in our life. Open our eyes to the vastness of what you can do. Open our eyes to the fact that you love us. We are your child and there isn't anything that you will not do for us as long as it is in your will. And Father, we thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that in times of adversity and trouble that you are there and you are guiding us even at times when we don't feel it. Even at times when we have doubts and fears, Father, you are there with us. Allow us to lean upon you. Just like last week when we talked about casting our cares upon you, Father, let us cast our trust and put it fully in you and walk away and say, God, I trust you. I believe in you that you will handle this situation as only you can because this is beyond my pay grade. This is beyond my ability to endure. So God, I give it to you. And not only do I give it to you, but I trust you to take care of it in a way that works in my life. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you can be trusted. Thank you that you want to be trusted and you want to show us greater things in our walk with you than we've ever seen before. So God, I ask that you will open our hearts. We don't, you don't have to do anything. You are God and you are who you are and you are unchangeable. We need to be changed. We need to open our hearts to the belief that God, there is nothing you cannot accomplish in and through us in our life. And even though circumstances may look bleak, we will survive because we will be walking hand in hand with you. And you are our father and you are our provider and you are our strength. So Lord, help us to trust you like we've never trusted before. And I pray that through this message, as our trust is increased, as you show us how faithful you are, 
that we would see a flow, a rush of testimonies of how you have worked in people's lives because those things increase our faith. They increase our trust. As we hear what you are doing in other people's lives, it makes us want to trust you more in our own personal lives. So Father, let that be. Let that be an occurrence in this church family in such a way that it is profound and we talk about it and we give you thanks and glory and praise for it every day of our life. Thank you for this time we've had together. I thank you for my church family. I thank you for the many people who are watching that are not a part of this body. I ask your blessings upon them today. Pray that you would bring peace into their hearts in these times of difficulty and trust in you in all matters. And I ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen.